Straight from the boardroom to the microphone, I'm April Garcia, and this is Pivot Me, easily applied tools and hacks to get you ahead. This isn't just a podcast. This is an upgrade for your life. helping good people become even better. This is Pivot Me. So today my guest is Matt Starrett. He's the founder and owner of True Venture Marketing, a performance marketing group that boasts experience in advertising, analytics, and digital asset creation. Matt, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, Yeah, thanks, April. Thanks so much. I love what you're doing here. Um, I saw some of the other podcasts. I think this is fantastic. Uh, there's literally not a time where businesses need more support um, than, than right now, right? So everything's so t- tumultuous. Um, so the the what you're bringing to the table is huge, and I'm really proud to be a part of it. Oh, thank um, you, Matt. Of course. Well, yeah, I mean, like, thank you for having me. Um, but tell tr- us about yourself. Tell us about what you do and tell us who you do it for. Yeah. Uh, True Venture Marketing is... Uh, so we started out just helping software as a service companies, venture-backed companies, to build systems that allow them to grow um, and scale. Um, so, so we started out doing a lot of like just testing. We would help people test Google versus Facebook, mm-hmm. um, Facebook and in, versus Instagram, LinkedIn versus this. And um, it gave us this really interesting approach to creating marketing campaigns because we could tell people where their money was best spent. Mm. Um, and, then, and then since we started doing that about three years ago, we've actually... Um, We've kind of expanded on our scope of services. Now we do more websites, landing pages, a lot of A-B testing. Um, we call it all, it's kind of wrapped into this whole performance marketing field. Um, and, and we've opened up who we do that for a little bit too. Like now we work with the University of Nevada, um, some some non-government organizations. Um, but we still do a lot of work in um, in that software space and in the, in, in the venture-backed um, field. Perfect. Okay. And you, you said that now you've changed who you've done it with. Is that just in response to current market conditions? Is it just a no, decision just a that you made? Um, yeah, no, the current market conditions have changed us in a lot of other ways though. Sure. Well. We should talk, we should talk about that. So let's, let's talk about some ways some things have changed for you guys. Um, first start was your, was your staff in an office? I believe they were, and are they now virtual? Talk to us about just the mechanics of your staffing situation. Yeah, um, so we we actually were in an office before this, and I'm I'm actually here right now by myself. The whole the whole entire building is empty except for me, but I had some construction going on by my house. So I didn't want that like in the audio. Um, sure. But yeah, we've we've been working out of um, a building in downtown Reno for the past about two and a half years. Mm-hmm. Um, and on I think March 13th, right before all the shutdown orders, we kind of had this conversation. It was like, all right. Um, don't come into the office, like, or at least um, we're encouraging you not to come into the office. So we switched to virtual on March 13th. We've been fully virtual since then. This is the first time I've been in the office since then, just knowing that I needed somewhere where there's not messed up audio. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's been interesting, right? Like we, fortunately, we had um, some systems in place. You know, we, we already used Slack to communicate um, we already knew how to use video calls. You know, we're a pretty tech savvy organization and we work remotely with our clients already. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Half of our client base is already in the, in the Bay area. Um, but we've never had to work remotely as a team. 
Um, and so it, it changed a lot. Um, and, and I'm happy to dive into that a little more, you know, definitely changed communication. Like we didn't know how important, um, daily standups would become and mm. how important just like pop in calls would become. Um, because yeah. that, you know, when you, when you're working in an office, like conversation just can happen and mm-hmm. ideas come from that conversation. But when you're working remote, that conversation sometimes doesn't happen. And, and I think creativity might actually take a hit. So yeah. it's been an interesting, interesting shift. I was just thinking about that because we haven't talked to as, mu- as many companies that are focused on creativity. And I would imagine both your environment that you're working in, plus just sort of the organic conversations that happen, like you said, would really take a hit. And how are you guys, how are you guys navigating that? Do you have scheduled calls, which again, don't feel or- organic and and spontaneous, but do you have scheduled calls still? How, how are you navigating all that? It, it's been, it's been really interesting. Um, and I, I didn't think we'd go this route, but, um, so we, yeah, a lot of our best ideas came from just pop-up conversations in the office. Hey, what do you think about this? Hey, what do you think about that? And then we build on each other's ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, now we don't get that opportunity. So we have to kind of force these conversations. And, um, and I think that what's interesting is I think productivity though, has gone up. So, mm-hmm. so like the ideas we do have, they might not always be as like way out there as strong, um, but they get done so much quicker. It seems like, um, which is kind of funny. We do now. We also have like our pop up, um, or we're not pop up. We have stand ups in the morning. Um, is that like a morning huddle? Like a, like a morning huddle, 15, okay. uh, 15 minutes or so just of checking in. Mm-hmm. And then um, we make sure we all just schedule time with each other throughout the day. So, so like our, our designer knows they can schedule time with a copywriter and copywriter can schedule time with their, you know, and, um, yeah. with me or, you know, anyone can schedule time with anyone. And, and that's really encouraged right now. So that, um, just so that these ideas can come up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm just thinking about that. You brought up an interesting point. I, I'd never considered that, um, productivity might have an inverse relationship to creativity. Productivity's up, creativity's down. Yeah, no, it's interesting. I mean, that's, um, I wasn't the one to come up with that. I heard, I heard that on someone else's podcast. I don't remember whose, but, um, it really struck a chord and it's been something we're at least acknowledging. Yeah. So you talked about, uh, you know, scheduling the standups in the morning. What else have you guys done differently, um, to make sure that you're navigating this as well as possible and keeping business in the door? Um, just talk to us about some of the ways that you've pivoted and the changes you guys are going through. Yeah, I mean, er, so early on, um, like right when this first hit, we we kind of had seen it coming because we have these venture back clients and um, their investors were starting to get some cold feet and stuff like that. So early on, we knew this is going to be a bigger deal than I think. Initially, I think that the thoughts were like, okay, don't know really how serious to take this. Mm-hmm. And then we got hit by like this this truck when we got news from. Um, some of our clients that their investors were like whole freezing funding for the next six months and like all this stuff. And so the next day I just went through and called every single one of our clients um, or the CEOs of every one of our clients and just had like a conversation saying, let's get ready for this. Um, You know, we want to make sure that we're taken care of, but we also need to shift strategies. So on the client side, um, it meant stronger communication. Uh, It also meant changing strategies so that they could adapt um, because, you know, the messaging that we might have for an ad campaign that, you know, maybe involves even a physical event is definitely going to change. Um, so a lot, a lot of our messaging changed. Um, we, we kept iterating that 
you know, and I feel like it's been beaten so much now, but like early on we were, we were talking about stay together even while you're apart. Um, mm. and, and so the messaging that we were working with really had to change in a lot of our ad campaigns and, um, on our website because yeah, it, it, it's such sensitive times. You don't want to offend someone. Yeah. Stay together while apart. That's really good. You know, it's it, what you said about, um, um, the language needed to change. One of the, um, Annie, one of the copywriters that we spoke with, she runs a um, copywriting company in town and she had said, make sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's right. (laughs) We've talked about this. It's probably the second time that you've had to tell me April. I know Annie. So she's wonderful. We only met once, but yeah, I remember she definitely like struck a chord and I remember she's, she's a good copywriter. Uh, She's amazing. Yeah. She's amazing. Um, and, uh, we, we work together a lot and, um, she had mentioned about going back and looking at all of your messaging because so, a lot of people schedule their messaging. They schedule what they're posting in, whether that's email campaigns or on social media. And if your old messaging goes through, it can sound really tone deaf at this time. So make sure, uh, make sure you go back and add some, whether that's sensitivity or, Hey, these are new times. Let's talk about what's applicable here. Because if you post, you know, Hey, let's, let's go talk about that vacation you were thinking of, or, you know, let's figure out a way to do X, Y, Z. That's not applicable right now. It can really sound both insensitive, but you can really lose your, lose your audience. You can offend your audience. And your yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of what we'd seen is like, we had ad campaigns that were time appropriate in January that mm-hmm. just didn't work. Um, in March or April. So, so we, we had to do that full, you know, tear stuff up that we built, you know, and, um, what's, what's the phrase, kill your darlings that, you know, it would have been great, but of course it's not going to be great anymore. Um, Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, no, that's, that's always, I was just going to ask in situations like that, do you like, do you kill them or do you like put them in a parking lot and say, I hope we can pull this back in like three months. I hope this is still (laughs) applicable in three months. I like the parking lot analogy. Yeah. We, we, most of them uh, put them in the parking lot, but but you don't know, right? If you don't use it in the future, you don't use it in the future. And that's part of also working with um, startups, right? Is mm-hmm. startups are, they have to be agile. And sometimes we go one route um, and we find out just through data, some of the data comes back, oh, this has a really low click-through rate or low engagement or low conversion. So we just throw it out and try something else anyways. So we're kind of used to that. But um, but it's always in the parking lot, right? You, we like the ability to go back and... and pull something out when we need it. Makes sense. Makes sense. So yeah. talk to us about, um, so we talked about some internal challenges um, and ways that you guys pivoted um, within the company. Talk to us about the changes you're seeing in the marketplace and also the opportunities that you're seeing. Yeah. Um, so we do a lot of Facebook advertising, a little bit of Google advertising. Um, so a lot of this pay-per-click stuff. Um, and when this first started hitting, the first change we saw is that, wow, um, CPMs, which are it's the cost to reach people. Um, mm. So basically ads are really cheap right now is what we noticed. Mm. Um, and there's a few reasons for that. One is that um, a lot of people had more time at home. People are spending more time on their phone, consuming media, consuming news. Um, and so there's just more ad inventory. Um, so ad prices got really cheap. But there was um, there was something else happening where people didn't have the, or they were afraid to spend money. So conversion rates also took a drop oh. and, and so we saw the ads got really cheap, um, but conversions got really like relatively bad. And it it kind of um, it didn't necessarily make a positive or a negative effect. It kind of, they kind of countered each other. Really? Yeah. Okay. It, it was interesting. Like our our end results, um, like cost per lead events or cost per you know conversion um, down the funnel. Those events didn't seem like they were drastically affected, but 
the um the way we got there was sure you know matt let's let's back up a little bit on that give a little context of what i'm just thinking there are people that are used to buying ads and that's how they promote their business or their services um talk to us about what what that is for the people that haven't bought them before or thinking about buying them yeah so um like on 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 facebook everyone gets those those promoted ads and things like that um your friend liked this your friend did that or even just um you know, this brand wants to show you this content. So all those, all that promoted ad space on Facebook, it's all bought by a company. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we, we choreograph a lot of that ad buying at true venture marketing. Uh, and you can do that. Anyone can really set up an ads manager account on Facebook. Um, and, and that's, that's really a big part of what we do is, um, is promote, you know, that top of funnel advertising. Um, and so that's kind of what we're referring to is, is, you know, sure. when you're buying ads, you're buying, literally you're buying space on someone's screen. So, so when they're, when there's more people on their phones, ads are going to get cheaper. And actually the other thing is like people were more, less people like us who are buying ads. A lot of people were cutting their budget because, mm. you know, obviously just the market environment's also taken a hit. Um, so yeah, yeah. Does that, that kind of it does. Question? It does. That was perfect. I'm just thinking about for people that didn't have reference point. Um, I didn't think about it. so more people on the phone. So ads are cheaper, but less conversion because people. Some people are a little bit more tighter with their with their budget right now. Have you seen? Um, have you seen people like other businesses start to drop out? Um, because we were just having a conversation the other day at another, um, business owner and I, and he said, he said, it's unfortunate. He said, but what I'm starting to see is that all my competitors really tighten their belt. And he said, and I realized this was my time to advance because everybody else is like, I'm going to wait and see. And he's like, well, while everyone else waits and sees, I'm going to rush ahead. Curious if you've seen that too. Yeah. I think it's, it's a mixed bag. Um, I think it's like you have people who've tightened their belt and you have people who've really advanced ahead. Um, I've had clients say, we saw this in 2008 and we spent a lot and it paid off for us. And we want to do that again. Um, and then I've seen people just completely trim, you know, trim the ad budget to bare minimum. Um, so it's, it's a totally mixed bag. Um, one thing I have noticed though, is that, um, and this is just like a high level observation. I don't have enough data to back it up. It, and actually, but Facebook announced something that said ad trends are stabilizing, and we've kind of noticed it too. With our CPMs, are starting to stabilize. Mm. So, um, okay. yeah, there's some normalization, but that's good. That's good. Um, I'm I'm assuming that people are starting to adjust to the new normal, um, whatever that may look like, and so maybe there's not as many sh- sharp, you know, increases or decreases in things. People are just kind of establishing. Okay, this is what the new normal looks like, and baselines will emerge out of that. Yeah. So I'm getting a call me hang up on that. Um, <laughs> no worries. Yeah. So and I think, I think things are starting to stabilize a little bit. The the other thing is that um, so many companies in the last couple of years have just been dumping money, like irresponsibly dumping money into these um, media platforms like Facebook, like Google, because you know, maybe they got some venture funding or maybe they had some extra cash. Um, and a lot of the companies who weren't looking at the right metrics or didn't have the right, um, you know, didn't right, have the right um, return on investment from those ads, they're definitely going to have to trim spending because mm. they're not going to be getting as, you know, access to capital right now. It, it's it's great on the lending side, but if you're venture funded and you're trying to raise investment, um, that's definitely like, it's really hard. It's very difficult to raise venture funding from what I've seen. A um, few outlier cases, but sure. 
people aren't going to be able to dump other people's money into Facebook and Google to grow. Um, Would you say those people weren't really applying a strategy? It was just like, all right, we're just going to throw money at this and see if it works. Is it, is it that they didn't have a solid strategy and now this is the time to be strategic? They, they had a strategy. I wouldn't, I just don't know if it was the right strategy. Mm, Okay. Um, Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. So you said some people that are saying, Hey, this is kind of like, you know, 2008. And, and that's actually come up on a lot of our calls is people saying, Hey, we've been through, no, we haven't been through this exact thing, but we've been through dips in the marketplace. And here are the, here are some of the lessons we learned and how Mm -hmm. we can leverage them for this time. So you're, you're hearing that as well. And are the people that remember 2008 have been through it. Um, and they remember the strategies that work. Those are the people that are pushing in and saying, okay, no, this is still the time to show up. This is still the time to be really visible in front of our clients. You know, I, I hadn't even thought of that, and you're absolutely right. They they are the same people. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we we have um, what one of our clients run. You know, b- uh, built and sold one of the um, top ten real estate brokerages in San Francisco before mm-hmm. before you know, the company he's at now. And that's exact. You know, that was like out of his mouth. He basically said, "We saw this in 2008, and we invested, and it paid off. We're going to do that again." Wow. Um, same same type of person. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because I think I, I think it's easy, you know, we keep saying the phrase, this is unprecedented times, which it it is, if you just look at it from like a, I don't know, a viral standpoint, okay, unprecedented times. But change and challenge and dips in the marketplace, those aren't unprecedented times. Mm-hmm. We've been through, maybe the stimulus was different, but the response to the stimulus was very similar. Um, and so if we can think about the things that got us through, whether that's personally or or professionally, we think about the things that got us through those lean periods, mm-hmm. we can leverage that same skill set. And that can be whether that's a business strategy, that can be a mindset, that can be good habits, but all those things that got us through those tough times very much still apply today. So yes, it's unprecedented in some ways, but I think the conversation we might want to move away from talking so much about it being unprecedented and then say, instead say, okay, where can we find the similarities of things we've already experienced, mm-hmm. things that we already had to navigate and use those lessons and use those skill sets to get us through this season um, as well as we can. Uh, yeah. I love that outlook. Um, and I, I think you're absolutely right. The, the health side of things and which should definitely be taken seriously um, is unprecedented, you know, for, for our lifetime. Um, and the, the lockdowns are unprecedented, but mm-hmm. you're right. Like the, the economic slowdown is not, that's, that's just part of a healthy market cycle. Um, and if you look at, you know, like I think it was Airbnb and um, some some of these huge tech companies right now, like some of the biggest tech companies out there, I think we work um, maybe even, and I'm not sure Uber, I'm, I would definitely fact check this, but a lot of these big tech companies right now were formed right around the, yes. the last recession. Um, I read the same thing. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, you know, there's, that just should be a sign that there is a ton of opportunity in, in a mm-hmm. time like this and having that contrarian um, outlook on, you know, how can we capitalize on this instead of having the protect the protectionist mindset of how do we shield ourselves from losses? Um, mm. I think, I think that's where there's opportunity. Oh, that was really good, Matt. Um, yeah, that was really good. And, and the other thing is, um, so one of the one of the other interviews that we did with um, Frank Clark, he um, owns an electronics distribution company. He kept saying, "What what you need to be asking yourself over and over again is, what is my competitive advantage even now?" And I loved that that approach because so many people are going into 
protection mode. So, and, and understandably so this isn't from a place of judgment, but people, their, their cage is rattled and they're like, I just, I gotta be, I gotta be safe. I gotta be protective. Um, and, uh, there are people that are advancing mm-hmm. while others are retreating. There are people that are advancing and, and you want to be responsible. You want to have strategy. We're not just, you know, plowing ahead without a strategy, but there are so many businesses that have been formed in periods just like this. And plus not even just from an economics or, um, like a um, market trend standpoint, but also if we see this pullback this time is like the business is like a slingshot. And, and if we, if we navigate this, well, it's going to shoot us forward because so many businesses, when you look at your, their trajectory right before their biggest peak, and we've talked about this in, in our meetings, there's this dip right before. Well, if we think about it, that we're just in the dip right before we're at the, we're at the slingshot pulling us back but we still have to stay the course or else we don't get the benefit of the forward progression. That's, that's fantastic. And, and it just to reiterate one of my mentors early on, I asked him, I, and it's, it's the owner of a big agency. So same, same industry. I said, what do you do when there's a downturn? What do you do when you lose clients? What do you do when you have extra bandwidth? And, and word for word, it was something along, or something along the lines of you work on yourself um, during the downturn. And, and that's what pushes you forward. That's what gives you the ability to, to gain momentum is working on yourself. So true. I love that. That is the time. It's funny. I, we, um, I host, um, several masterminds on Wednesdays and one of our last ones last night, we were talking about how many people in that mastermind had used this time for digital courses, for extra reading. You know, they're all pretty big book nerds, um, like myself. And I think you are too. Um, but they're using this time like, all right, well, I'm going to get really good at the financial modeling. I'm going to get really good at my CRM. I've taken this course on, um, you know, what a, insert skill set that they want to drop in their belt right now. So whether that's um, having a more um, robust skill set, whether that's learning a system within your company that maybe, you know, your CRM or your inventory management system that you didn't really go near, you're like, all right, it's finally freaking time. I'm going to learn how this works. Um, you know, how much executive staff know their CRM? I get it. I get it. But we need to know what's in there um, to help leverage it for our staff. But this is the time to, to, to tighten up our processes and also try tighten up us, right? Our mindset, how we our go to market strategy. Um, one of my clients, we've been working through his, his VTO, his vision track tracker organizer. So, um, for reference, it's, it's sort of the model of your business and mm-hmm. your 10 year plan, your three year plan, the big rocks, the big things that you've got to get, um, dialed in. Um, also your hurdles, what's, what's keeping you from that. And this was the time. And, and he's like, oh, just everything's on fire right now. What am I, you know, I've got all these other things I got to focus on. I'm like, I know, I know, but this is a great time to solidify the foundation, make this bedrock that you stand on because you're going to get through the other side of this. So whether you just like, whether you just suffer through it or whether you like grow through it, that's the part, that's the choice. So um, as long as we show up and we keep, we, you know, we're going to have to pivot to the marketplace, but as long as we keep showing up and delivering to our clients, yeah. we're making it to the other side of this, but we don't want to just be like, barely made it and said like, oh, there's some things that came out of this. Yeah. Like we improved some processes during this time. I mean, for, for us um, it's definitely interesting because we, we did lose clients, you know, right off the bat, we lost some clients mm-hmm. Um I mean, even before the shutdowns were ordered and then nothing's happened, right? We have, we have, everything's been steady. So we lost the clients. I think we we're going to lose um, mm. because their, their funding got tight or whatever, you know, all, all that. But um, it gave us time to work on ourselves. So we didn't have, mm. like, right? We didn't have time to do that. I didn't have time to do all the reading that I wanted. I didn't have time to, 
to build the tools I wanted to build. Um, I didn't have time to, to work on processes just because, we, you know, and I think probably other business owners were in the same situation. It sometimes is just that you're so caught up in working inside your business and that happens all the time. And you need to like for a small company like me, I'm, I'm super conscious of it. You need to pull yourself out. But um, this was like a slap in the face. It's like <laughs> time to work on yourself. Um, yeah. And actually we're, Oh, go ahead. Oh, was, oh no, please go ahead. And then I'll, yeah, so, so we're actually um, not only are we changing how we work on our clients um, and how we're, we're handling our clients and how we're communicating with them. We're, we're changing, you know, we're actually bringing in a consultant right now for, um, process management and um, project management. And we're, uh, we're actually building our own tool um, that we're going to launch the marketplace. Um, it, hopefully in the next couple of weeks here. Wow. Fantastic. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> Are you struggling to stay focused? Still need to get things checked off that to-do list, but finding it harder than ever. Be productive, be effective, and perform at your best. Even though the world has changed, this is still a great time to get work done. In my new digital course, Multiply Me, I'm going to show you how to be laser focused and wildly effective. You will learn how to get three times as much done, but in less hours a day, even now. You can literally multiply your output you can master a productivity tool today that will give you a high performance advantage in any season. Leverage this window to take back your time so you can enjoy the life you've earned. Join us at pivot-me.com and be notified as soon as Multiply Me launches. So are these all things that you wanted to do before but just didn't get, get around to it? Yeah, these are all things that were that we've wanted to do. We actually we had talked we had started engaging with that um project management consultant before this whole thing started and then um decided to continue with it because we needed to do it. Literally since we started, it was let's build an agency wow. that eventually starts building our own tools. And um we just got so busy um working on client projects that we never mm -hmm. had to invest in our own tool. But now with the slowdown, we we found a great development partner. Um, who we've worked with in the past, who is able to partner up with us on it. And we're, we're literally like, uh, hopefully days away from the MVP. Oh, that's Can you tell us a little bit about the tool? Or yeah. It super so secretive. You no, know, it's, it's just super simple. There's, there's uh it's called site scout. Um, it's going to tell people if their website goes down, um, you know, the minute it goes down um, and, or if their website has a severe loading problem, uh, it'll, it'll let the owner know. Um, and, and I know there's, there's other tools out there that do something like this, but a lot of them are heavy. They require code implementation, mm. um, or they're expensive, um, or they're just overbuilt. Right. And they, they, they tell someone like way too much. And like, so we're, we're literally just targeting a, a the niche of like the brick and mortar store owners who, um, need to know when their site's down, but, um, they're not a developer, so they just need to they just need to be aware of these things. Um, and yeah. we're gonna have a really like a really nice free option for small business owners. Um, it's just a way to add value to people when we're not physically working on their projects. Yeah, that's amazing. I would imagine because when the site goes down, I mean that costs a business a lot of revenue. I mean, if it's I mean if they if they're doing e commerce and their site mm -hmm. goes down, that's a huge mess. And if you don't know about that right away, it's a lot of revenue lost. Yeah. And I've been super surprised how many people have this problem and haven't implemented a solution. Like I, one guy I talked to, um, 
I talked to Jake Piera the other day and his website had gone down the night before we, we spoke. And I was like, really, are you kidding me? Like we're so close to launching this tool. So like, there's just, and it's always a customer. It seems like it's always a customer that, that finds it and tells you. And so there's mm-hmm. just that, like that little bit of embarrassment and you, you want to save that. Yeah. That makes so much sense. Wow. That's, that's amazing. That's a, sounds like a great tool with a huge need in the marketplace. And I love that you said so many of the solutions out there are either very expensive and or overbuilt um, because we we've run into that, right? Where it's like, well, there's the solution and it does these hundred things. And I'm like, no, 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 no. we're not, we're not a tech company. Yeah. We need to do like three One things. Thing. Yeah. Two yeah. things. Yeah. yeah exactly. time, it down. That's it. Yeah. No, that's perfect. That's great. And I love that. Um, it doesn't surprise me, Matt, but I love that you're investing in this time that you're saying, okay, this is the time for this project that we know is going to add a tremendous value to the marketplace. We're investing in, you know, project management or consultants. We're doing, we're doing these other things to make us better and make sure we deliver more. Um, there's a lot of people who wouldn't do that right now. There's a lot of people that would say, well, we got to wait and see. And you're not waiting and seeing. You're like, no, we're, we're creating this. Like we're going ahead. We're getting through the other side of this and we're just building stronger and stronger foundations. So when we all come out the other side of this, we've got a stronger business than how we went into it. Yeah, thank you so much for recognizing that. I mean, we, we spent a lot of time working on ourselves, uh, pulling back that slingshot, if you will, mm-hmm. so that we can, so we can get through this. Um, and, and once that economy starts turning around, we turn around with it um, and yeah. accelerate even faster. When when you lost the clients that you lost, I'm, I'm curious if you... Um, we've heard a mixed, a mixed bag on this. Did yeah. you go, okay, well, we've lost whatever it is. Let's just say we've lost 10% of our clients. Did you go, we're going to go f- replace those 10% or did you make that conscious effort or that conscious decision of no, we're not replacing that 10% because we're using this, uh, this a lot of time for our internal projects. That's a really tough one. So the first, my first instinct is um, we lost X percent of our client base. Um, and what can we do with our, like, how do we, how do we protect ourselves um, so I had, and we actually did, we made some, some pullbacks on team hours, um, until, you know, this is before there was even word of like, um, PPP and these federal, um, grants and loan programs. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was the mindset was, okay, how do we get this back as soon as possible? Yeah. Um, and, and I, you know, we did act really quickly. Like we cut fast, we cut deep. Um, and um, so it definitely affected our team time, but mm-hmm. then we, got, we actually, we applied for the PPP really early and we did get in to the first round. Um, and that allowed us to bring back our team. And then we have this mish- mismatch of, well, fortunately we have more team hours than we can actually even put towards client work. So mm-hmm. we need to, like, we need to find new ways to invest. Um, and so that kind of guided now, like the decision of this is the perfect time to invest in site scouts, the perfect time to invest in ourselves. Sure. And it gave us the flexibility and, and we're still doing, you know, we're still like, we've had a lot of, um, surprisingly, I've had a lot of leads come in actually. Um, but what's been interesting is it seems like the leads that I've had come in are really shopping around right now. Um, shopping have, around you said? Yeah. Shopping. Oh, okay. They've been, uh, they've been, um, looking at a lot of different options. <laughs> they have the time on their hand. Which makes sense. And I have no problem with that. Like, um, <clears throat> And I'm not the hard salesperson who's going to like twist someone's arm into, you know, working with me because if it's not right, it's not right. Um, But it's been interesting because we've had these leads come in um, and a lot of them are, are looking at 10 different agencies, which is like tough for all 10 agencies because 
right? Every one yeah. of them putting in work um, mm-hmm. to get this small handful of clients. But anyways, I'm, I'm kind of pulling off um, track here. In, all, in, in the end, um, our response has kind of been shaped by the inputs. So as they mm-hmm. come, um, and it, it's been hard, it was hard to predict early on how this would all play out. Sure. And I think pieces have started to fall into place really well. Yeah. So Matt, I'm curious how, um, kind of in a different direction in leading your team through this. So as the, as the owner, as the founder of the company, um, how conscious have you been? How, how focused have you been on? How am I showing up as a leader? How, what am I modeling for my team? Because, um, you know, now it's become a little bit more normal, if you will. But at at the beginning, people really struggled. There was a lot of uncertainty. And I'm curious how much you're, okay, I'm going to show up and I'm going to be intentional about leading them, reminding them, you know, we're going to keep moving ahead. The business is going to thrive through this. Talk to us about how you showed up as a a leader during this time. I I think um, the the thing that, the the one like word that keeps coming to mind is empathy. Um, Mm. We have, you you know, we have, like we have team members who have families um, who live with their grandparents. We have um, team members who are just starting out their professional career. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have team members who compete. Like we have a team member who competes um, in, in professional cycling events and, and all their events are canceled. Mm. So there's a lot more going on than just work right now, right? Everything's been affected. Yeah. Um, our, our work lives, our, our home lives, um, and so I've been, I've been doing my best to, to obviously be a, um, you know, try, try my best to be an example of, um, let's show up to work and let's do our job, but also let's take care of our lives at home and let's take care of each other right now. Um, you know, when we, when we had to make cuts to the team, I made sure everyone knew it's like, I've got your back. We've got each other's back. We're still a team, even though we're making cuts. Um, and so, and, and we were able to uh, like bring people back in. Um, so we came back together and I think that set us up for success, but I, I think empathy is, is key right now. Um, just to relate to your team and understand where they're coming from, because they're going through so much more turmoil than just what the company is going through. Yeah. God, that's so good, Matt. One of the, one of the earlier interviews that we did with Mark Keen, he said, you don't know how much it costs to be that person right now. Yeah. And that was such wow. a good reminder because wow. we think about how we're navigating it. But to you, you mentioned you had a staff member that, you know, lives with his grandparents and, and no doubt is probably caring for them or providing groceries and um, has additional strains upon him that maybe he didn't have two months ago. And just being empathetic to, I don't know what it's like. I don't know what situation he just came from this morning. There's, there's a lot of uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that you say empathy because I actually think that's uh that's what we need a whole lot more of right yeah, now. A whole lot more of that right now. Absolutely. Yeah. I was having a conversation with our, our writer the other day and she's like, she's like, we need the empathy bone. Like that's what we really need. And, and like, and everything you see about people posting and, and there's so much um, from a social media perspective that people are posting. And I always uh, remind myself that we're all kind of living out our story and we're kind of going to the things that we know and are safe. And um, sometimes we're reaching a little bit, but people are under stress. And when people are under stress, they do funny things. Um, and sometimes they're short tempered or sometimes they're, you know, turn to some, maybe reach for some bad habits, but ultimately what we really do need to model is a whole lot of empathy. I'm so glad you said that. Thanks for reiterating. No, absolutely. And I, I, I like the, the empathy bone. Um, you know, that was Annie. That wasn't me. All Annie. (laughs) That's really good. Yeah. Yeah, uh, 
it's crazy times for so many people. So, so I think we just need to, to be empathetic and, and, um, try our best to understand where people are coming from. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one of the other things we talked about is, um, in our leadership style, uh, making sure that we're really engaging when that with them on perhaps deeper conversations than we're accustomed to having with our team. Um, I know you have a really tight relationship, but from, from our discussion, it sounds like you've got a really tight relationship with your team, but, um, the um, speaker, Chris Hogan, always says, don't do drive-by leadership. Like, hey, how you doing as you're walking mm-hmm. by? And as soon as he said that, I thought, oh, drive-by leadership. I know exactly I'm what he means. That too, though. Right. And I, I like when we're when we're here in person and, um, you know, someone comes into work early, then there's time for that. Um, yeah. I'm just realizing I, I haven't had enough of those conversations. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's that's great. And for me right now, it's like, OK, I need to have more of those conversations because it's it's like the creative thing. If you. You, you have those conversations in the office when, when you're all together, but when you're working from home, there might not be enough time for that. It's so um, true. It's, a, you know, one of the things I've seen people do is schedule a happy hour. So like, yeah. that's the time that like, we're all going to get, we're going to come in either with our green tea or our glass of wine. And then that social hour. And, and it's funny, Matt, as I tell you the story, I paused and thought, Am I creating that with my team? Because I think I'd moved away from that. And I think for me, you know, we work a lot on productivity and time management. And so I think of it as like productivity, like, all right, let's get in, let's get to work. Yeah. And yet we've got staff in such varied situations. We've got staff with two or three kids at home. We have, yeah. I've got a, um, two or three people that are solo, that they are quarantined alone. Wow. And <laughs> Yeah, I wish I could share his text. He sends me some pretty funny stuff. Um, but he's like, I'm not reaching for good habits right now. This is not going to be good. And though he's joking around about it, I've got to be sensitive to like what he's going through. Like he's he's done some pretty strict quarantine, which means he's by himself a lot in his house. Yeah. Um there's some struggle there. And so some of the some of the um responses we got on the Pivot Me Lives were um, asking more specific questions than how are you doing? So, um, one of our guests had said, I asked specifically, like, how are your kids? Or in your instance, maybe mm-hmm. how's your grandparents doing? Are they, they getting out? Are they getting some sun? You know, like very direct questions, mm-hmm. um, which will bring about a more, um, authentic response. Right. Yeah. That's, that's really, that's really great advice. Um, and I'm, I'm like thinking through this right now. We do have, like, we, we have been doing weekly happy hours. Um, oh, and that, we just started that last week actually. And it was such a good experience because we, um, someone in EO had sent out, a, um, to one of our, one of our zoom meetings, they sent out like their standup schedule. And some of the questions were just so good that I had to adapt them. Um, mm. I think it was actually Matt, Matthew MacGyver had some just fantastic questions. That they of course asked. he did. Way so, to go, Matt. Yeah. Shout out to Matt MacGyver. Um, and I was like, well, we, I want to, I want to take some of these. And we pulled actually some of them into our happy hour that, to guide conversation in happy hour, That's which great. is really helpful. And it's, you know, share a win, share an appreciation, share this. Um, and just getting people bring, you know, bringing the team together. Cause we've got a small team. So we're able to be really close and mm-hmm. like, we need to guard that right now because we're apart. So it's easy to just not, you know, it's easy to not have conversations but um, yeah. it's important to make sure you have them. So uh, I want to ask about um, specifically with the creative space. I'm just, I'm thinking about what we talked about earlier. Um, Productivity is up. Maybe creativity is uh, strained a little bit more. Is there something that, so for the people that will listen to this, that also run um, creative businesses, yeah. um, is there something that you recommend that they do? I mean, is this something that you're talking to your team about to foster a more creative environment, whether that's going to a room in your house or party on music or like, how do you manage that remotely? 
Um, personally, personally, as as someone who does creative, um, I've been working outside at times uh, when it's nice out. Mm. Um, I've been yeah, definitely putting on a little bit of music here and there. But I think the big one is just communication, um, getting on the phone, spending time with your clients, trying to trying to imitate that FaceTime. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had I started doing um, pop in phone calls, which is just like probably the most annoying thing ever to our team. <laughs> <laughs> I've, been, I've been just dialing, you know, I'll call Sergio up and um, in the middle, like I won't even tell him I'm going to call him, but I'll I'll just be basically tell one on the team, be ready for a pop in phone call today. And and what we'll, we'll we'll talk for 15, 20 minutes and just, you know, how's it, how's this project coming? What's, what's going on here? How can I help you? Mm-hmm. Um, trying to play the support role. And mm-hmm. sometimes we come up with, you know, we come up with some much stronger ideas and stronger strategies doing that. Um, so yeah, I think shift up your environment when you're working on creative alone, that's helped me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, and then talk, talk to your team, talk to your coworkers, um, and talk, you know, talk to talk to your boss. Um, when you're working on ideas and you want to flush out some of it. Yeah, that's good. That's good. One of the gals that I had talked to um, last week, whenever she did her creative work, she always went to a cafe. So she mm-hmm. works remote naturally. Um, and she's like, I, I work at a cafe three times a week and now that's gone. And so we were talking about recreating our house space. I'm like, can you take your desk and can you face it this way? And can you, can you put a picture up or like, I've got a giant picture of Banff behind yeah. me because if I'm going to stare at a wall, I want to stare at a mountain. Um, and there's none nearby to look at. So, uh, we were talking about ways that she can kind of like curate her environment so that she feels a little bit more creative during that time. That's huge. Yeah. And I think the environment or like the work we do is, is almost always influenced by, by the environment we're in. And like, I look at a lot of, um, if you look at a lot of like Reno's graphic design and Reno's art, there's a lot of line based art. And if you look at the buildings around Reno, um, a lot of them are like, have a lot of lines. So the environment that you're in is, mm. is definitely, um, a factor I feel like in, in the work you do, especially in the creative space. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Um, yeah, no, that makes complete sense. So Matt, um, you had mentioned, um, previous to our call, we were talking about some metrics that we've been chasing, uh, may have been flawed and that we've got to adjust some of our, our behavior on, I'm just kind of bringing it back to how we need to do business a little bit differently. What, what, what has changed in that regard? And what would you recommend for people that, that maybe would use, you know, to work together with a company like yours? Mm -hmm. What, what has changed and what do we need to do differently moving forward? Yeah. So in, um, in our space, uh, and not everyone's space, but in our space, working with software as a service companies, um, working in digital, some work in direct to consumer. Um, so like e-commerce, um, everyone looks at LTV. Everyone looks at cost of acquisition, Mm -hmm. Um, LTV being, you know, what's a customer worth over their lifetime. And then, um, customer acquisition cost CAC. Um, that's how much, does it cost you to get a customer? Um, and those are those are good metrics. Like, and, and we follow them. Uh, I think everyone should should be aware of those. But um, they they don't shine the light on how are you treating your customers? How did customers talk about you? And, and those are really hard things to measure, right? So there's the hard thing. The there's like the hard metrics that everyone's been focused on, and then there's like the the soft metrics that aren't easy to measure but are super important. And I think those soft like how are people responding to your brand? How are people talking about you? Um, how do they feel about you? Like that kind of stuff is what's going to matter right now because mm-hmm. you know, um, 
we've got to play the long game, right? And and a lot of these e-commerce metrics that we've been focused on, um, what's your CTR, what's your click-through rate, how many people are seeing your ad versus clicking on it, how many, right? These hard metrics don't show how your brand's shining on the people. Mm. Um, and so it's, and, and I, you know, this is, this is really early thoughts on it, but we're playing a, we're playing too short of a game here, right? We're looking, we're not looking far enough into the future. Um, sure. We might be able to drive revenues up for the month, but it might be at the cost of providing the worst customer experience and having a customer for less time in the future. Mm-hmm. And so um, what we should be focused on is retention and um, brand equity and how we treat people over the long, you know, over the long term to make sure we deliver an amazing customer experience rather than just try to monetize customers in the short term. Um, so would, would yeah. you say that this is the time that we need to be, I just want to make sure I hear that last part, right? So it's more, more focus on client retention versus new business development or bringing in new business. It's both, right. It's both, but it's all about the client experience right now. And I think that's what we need to really be conscious of is making sure the product um, stand on, stands on its own to deliver that great client experience. Um, and that everything we do, our marketing, our communication, customer service, everything um, builds that product up. So it builds the experience up. Yeah. I'm thinking about a conversation that we had with uh, Dana Doswell. And, and she said, um, now more than ever, people care how you do business. And yeah. it kind of reminds me of that because she said, your your business business ethics matter more now than they ever did. And people are looking at how you're doing business mm-hmm. and how you're treating your clients. And it matters a lot more right now. And they'll remember it, right? Like, um, I, I know that man, I actually just posted a blog. There's a blog post I just wrote about um, retention and and how it actually pays off for SaaS companies or um, software companies right now to give away their product um, mm-hmm. if it retains users, right? Because you might give away your product for two or three months, give free access to it, um, and and that in the long term is actually going to cost cost you less than say losing, you know, giving a customer a free product for three months is going to cost less than losing them for a year. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah. It makes complete sense. Right. So, so like that's actually something that, and it's not, it's not always a recommendation, but in a lot of cases I'll recommend like, you know, it might be worth giving your product away to people who are thinking about canceling. Um, it's just yeah. as it'll help retain them and they'll remember it, right. They'll remember like, wow, this, this company actually, they stuck their neck out for us. And they yeah. took a short-term hit instead, sure. of, instead of trying to, you know, squeeze a few more dollars out of me um, and not give me a refund for this month or whatever. It's all about how we treat treat our customers. Yeah, I think that definitely we should all, you know, business owners should pause and think about what is our customer experience right now? How are we treating them? What, you know, when you're talking about shining a light on your brand, you know, what are people thinking about when they're thinking about your brand? What are they associating with it? Because this is the time where um, our movements are, I don't want to say more judged than usual, but um, there's more of a spotlight on our movements. And so this is the time to make a profound impact. Um, but likewise, we, we don't want to stumble and do the wrong thing because people might really notice right now. And so think about, okay, well, what, what do people think? What do people experience with my brand? With the, with the, if you're a client and you're moving through our process, what is their experience? Um, and how do we make it really important or how do we make it stellar right now? Hmm. Because in, in times of struggle, people remember who showed up and the service they delivered. Absolutely. And I, I, I think you just hit it, um, hit the nail on the head with that one. Yeah. 
So Matt, is there anything else that you would, you know, give us a piece of advice or whether it's advice that you would give to a client or just advice to business owners during this time? And this can be overarching um, business advice or something specific to your, to your industry. What would you say to a business owner right now? Uh, I think a lot of it we've talked about, right? A lot of the advice I would give, um, it's, it's out there on this, on this podcast. Um, but to wrap up, I would say definitely number one, put your customer first right now over your, over your bottom line, over your profits, um, put your customer first, put their experience first. Um, make sure that you're treating them in a way that they will remember it. They won't, they won't give up on you because you're not giving up on them and you're giving mm-hmm. more than you're taking. Um, right. You wouldn't be like the way I see it is like, we wouldn't have built up our businesses to where they are if it weren't for our customers. Um, and so right now they're all struggling. Um, and so we need to make sure that we return the favor a little bit. Um, and that kind of leads into the second point of, of just being empathetic with your team, right? Um, you, you have, if you have a team under you, or even if you have coworkers, um, that maybe are, Maybe they're acting different or maybe they're harder to get a hold of or something. Just know there's probably something else going on. Um, everyone's dealing with a lot. And so like empathy is the winning word right now. Um, we, we definitely need to, to hold tight to empathy. Um, and, and lastly is just communication. Um, it's hard. It's super hard. We're dealing with it ourselves um, to just have the normal conversations that we had in the office um, that we, you know, in January, the conversations just came naturally where now we have to schedule time. Mm-hmm. We have to um, make sure there's one-on-one time. We have to make sure there's team time um, and be intentional about communication because if you don't, you'll miss things. Like, and we've even, we even noticed early on that um, our communication was the first thing to suffer when we went remote. Um, and so we needed to be really intentional about fo- like not forcing, well, yeah, forcing it, honestly. Um, it's okay to force conversation right now. Mm. Um, because you don't have the opportunity all the time to have that conversation. Um, That's a really good point. Yeah. You say it's okay to force it because I think some people do go, well, it kind of feels forced. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's going to feel forced at first. It has to, there's no water conversations anymore. The the opportunity cost is high when, when, um, when you don't force the conversation, it might not happen at all. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's good. Matt, you've given us uh, such great information, both, um, you know, industry specific and also just business wise and leadership. Um, I love it. I've, I've been jotting down notes. So we've got some really great highlights out of this um, question for you, Matt. So as someone's listening to this and going, I, I love what Matt says. I love what Matt does. Um, if someone wants to engage with you, um, how do they do that? Um, whether that's um, where do they find you? And also how do they how do they work together? How do they engage you? Yeah, if you look up True Venture Marketing, you'll see our website's the top link. Um, it's T-R-U-V-E-N-T-U-R-E Marketing. Um, so there's no E in True. Um, you could just go to T-R-U-V-M.com. Um, that's our website. There's a contact form on there where you can reach us. Um, if, if, you, if you want, you can um, maybe reach out to April and get my email address if that's okay with you, April. Yep. And we'll put your, we'll put your links in the show notes. Um, we'll post it as well. Yeah. And actually you can, you can post my email on the show notes anyways. It, it gets spammed all the time. <laughs> that's a bold yeah. move, Matt. A bold move. I'll do it. Um, for, for, for listeners of this podcast. Um, oh, that's perfect. That's perfect. Matt, thank you so much. I really appreciate you um, hopping on and going to a, um, a solo building so that we could hear you well and um, you just making the time to invest in us today. You know, thank you so much. This resource is, is 
awesome for business owners. I think um, it's going to add a lot of value. Um, I'm excited to watch more of them. And honestly, I've, you know, I've seen your journey from when we first, when I first joined EO, you had a completely different, um, you know, you're in a completely different niche. Big business. Big business, right? Working for these huge companies. And you literally pivoted into such an, ex- you know, at such an extreme level. And now, now you're kind of sharing that. So I think it's, it's really a cool story that, that you're building here. Oh, that's awesome, Matt. There's a, there's a reason why the podcast is called Pivot Me. Well, one is because we had a trademark infringement for, with the first name, truth be told. Um, but then it worked out really, really good because um, that's literally what what I did and so many other people do, right? Is Pivot yeah. Me. Like life is supposed to pivot us. And um, even the hashtag we've been using lately is Pivot Me COVID. Um, oh, because wow. this, yeah, it's so good, isn't it? We good. were pretty excited when we thought that one up. Um, but it's true. Like during this time, we are pivoting and where we can get stuck is when we're trying to stay the same. And, and that means during this season or in general, you just mentioned, you know, I came from the big business world. So, um, I run a consulting firm, Maven. Um, you guys know that. Um, and it's in the big business world. And if I would have stayed that course and there was a lot of reasons for me to stay that course, so many, so many reasons to stay that course. Um, but that wasn't where I wanted to be anymore. And at some point I decided this was time to pivot. Like there's just, um, yes, you can stay doing the thing that you were always did, but, um, there's the best time. When is, what's the phrase? The best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. And the second best time is to plant it yesterday or yeah, something like that. So I planted my tree. Um, and Matt saw that evolution. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's really bold move of you. Um, love what you're doing. Thanks so much for having me out. Matt, have a great day. You too. All right. Take care. Thank you so much for dialing in today. And don't forget, make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And if you love what you hear, give us a five-star review. It means the world to us. Hit me up on Instagram at the April Garcia or check us out online at pivot-me.com. This is all made possible with the support of you listeners, the numerous contributors and our clients. Our music and production is by the amazing Rockwood Audio. Join me next time for more tips on how to hack success. And until then, make it a great day. Thanks, guys. You guys are amazing.